What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and I am uh, pleased to be joined on this Monday night. I don't know why I said it like that. With the one and only at Marcus underscore Mosher. Hello, sir. Elliot, what's going on? Did you make yourself a cocktail? Uh, yes, I'm having some purified drinking that water right now. That is not what you said. Look, I'm holding this like a baller. <laughs> I like it. Uh, like no, I, I got to have a, a, a clear mind as we get into week two of free agency, which, by the way, is actually my favorite time of free agency because we still get a lot of moves. But these are really the ones that help turn teams into from contenders to maybe Super Bowl champions. Uh, I have a great idea. You ready to hear it? Sure. What if, and I'm just spitballing here, we call it Super Free agency period. <laughs> uh, like super wild card weekend? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Anything time okay. we can put super in front of it, it's going to make it better. So to pull the curtain back for you guys, I got into an argument with Marcus today, uh, which is not atypical, uh, about Marcus likes to bully people. He's used to knowing well, more than everyone he talks to. And so he really struggles when he's uh, confronted, you know, he's, you know, he takes pictures of himself with baseball hat and Oakley's on in his truck. And you know how that whole Not deal true. goes. Uh, so uh, I really like the Chauncey Gardner Johnson uh, signing for the Detroit lions that happened. Was that yesterday or the night before? Yesterday afternoon. Yep. Yesterday afternoon. Do you ever feel like with Twitter, you think something happened three days ago and you realize yeah. it was just yesterday, but it was early in the day because you've seen 500 things since then. So uh, I loved it. I think the Lions are doing the right thing. I think they're the favorites in the NFC North. I think they shouldn't be scared of anyone in the NFC. Um, Marcus didn't like this signing as much. We want to talk about that. We, we're going to get to the Brandon Cook signing. And then Marcus has a couple little uh, stick and move yeah. signings, uh, moves that he'd like to talk about. So let's start with the big one. Uh, probably Okay, would you at least make the argument this was the most uh, valued defensive player left on the market? Yeah, I think so. And listen, I, I, I'm not going to tear down Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I think he's a good player. I just think there are some red flags here. But I think Detroit got arguably the best secondary player left on the market. Big name and a guy that they really needed in their secondary. All right, let's talk about the red flags. Because the points that you made to me earlier is, you know, that some teams were all too happy to see him go. And then also his draft stock. So let's get into that a little bit. I'll push back where I need to, but That's uh, I, I, I want you to tell people what you're thinking, because I think this is a fantastic move for this team. I think on the surface, if you're just looking at the player in the player alone, I think Chauncey Gardner Johnson is worth 
somewhere between 12 to 14 million dollars a year. Like that's what his play shows. Like he was awesome with the Saints. He led the NFL in interceptions this year despite missing time. He was an All-American at Florida. He's an awesome awesome player. But we've now seen the NFL pass on him a bunch of times in the draft, which listen, that happens. Guys slip through the cracks all the time. Not going to kill him for that one. Mm-hmm. But the Saints traded him for a fifth round pick when he was still on a rookie contract. The Eagles just got borderline all pro play from him and didn't give didn't offer him more than five million a year. And no other team in the league was able to offer him more than six and a half million dollars guaranteed than the Detroit Lions. I just wonder what's going on here. Okay. I think there's a lot of things that it could be. I know that you know, the, the saints obviously were willing to let him fly the coop, so to speak. And, and, you know, there may have been some things there with his personality. Um, if he's a locker room cancer, if that's the word on the kind of the NFL street, that's one thing, but he played at a high level for Philadelphia. Now I get that. Then why didn't Philadelphia resign him? I know that, that, this has been a vocal player. There were some rumblings about the Eagles defensive coordinator and the way he called the Super Bowl. Now he's obviously the head coach in Arizona. You know, some coaches, Marcus, can deal with guys that are issues in the locker room. And I think one of the things that you had mentioned before was that this was a guy that his Saints teammates were not sad to see go, you know. Mm-hmm. But would you agree that there are head coaches that you know, either in the league or in the league's past that say, look, I can handle a locker room guy. That's a problem. What I can't handle is a guy that doesn't work hard. That's a guy, you know, and then there are other coaches that are like, I can get a player to work harder, but I don't want any locker room cancers. I don't want to mess with the mojo of this team. What if Dan Campbell looks at this like, Hey, you know, I can handle this guy. I played in the league. I can handle him. I think Andy Reid's the perfect example of like, he's going to take guys that maybe have some some red flags on them, but as long as they work hard, he can deal with it. And I think Bill Belichick is maybe the opposite. He'll take some guys that have some, you know, histories of not working hard, like Trent Brown, and he'll turn Trent Brown into a Pro Bowl player. He'll take somebody like Martellus Bennett and get the best football out of him. So I think it de- does depend on the coach. So I think you're right. I'm just curious to see how he fits in with Detroit and Dan Campbell. You know, they're there are some coaches that can handle both. And if I go to your kind of childhood, your fandom, if you recall when Bill Parcells took over the Cowboys in 2003, the word on Flozell Adams was that he didn't work hard. Mm-hmm. And Flozell Adams became a Pro Bowl player uh, under Bill Parcells. Uh, they got uh, Terrell Owens in 2006. The word on Terrell Owens well, wasn't just a word. I mean, we saw him doing sit-ups in the driveway and all this other stuff and arguing with Donovan McNabb was that he was going to be a locker room cancel. Or cancer, and I think Bill Parcells handled him pretty well as well. I think Dan Campbell, um, he's a player's coach, but he's a guy that commands respect, and he played in the league. He played for Sean Payton, okay? Don't you think Dan Campbell would have hopped on the phone with Sean Payton and say, look, what's the word on this guy? Was he immature, or did he not work hard? And I'm I'm spitballing here, okay? I'm, I, I don't know. But maybe Sean Payton said, yeah, we had some issues with him freelancing and stuff, but he will work hard. And Dan Campbell might have just said, hey, I can work with that. I'm just saying hypothetically. And Dan Campbell going to the GM and saying, look, i got no problem with us signing this guy. I can handle it. Yeah, I think that's 
that's possible. Listen, there's also disagreements between coaches, right? Maybe there's a chance that Sean Payton just didn't want to deal with him. He didn't like his personality, did whatever. But remember who was the secondary coach when Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was in New Orleans? It's Aaron Glenn, who he just mm-hmm. so happens to be the Lions defensive coordinators, mm-hmm. right? Uh, uh, coaches don't have to agree on players. Maybe Aaron Glenn thought that, hey, this is an awesome player. I can deal with the other stuff. Just give them to me and I'll figure it out. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened as well. And again, Aaron Glenn, another guy like Dan Campbell, who maybe wasn't an all-pro level player, but a really solid starter in the league. Dan Campbell was a solid blocking tight end. Aaron Glenn was a very solid corner, then a very solid nickel corner. Um, uh, Another guy that played for Bill Parcells in Dallas, by the way. Um, Would you believe... Six degrees of uh, the 2003 Cowboys, is that what it is? Every guy that we talk about could be connected to that 2003 Cowboy team? You know what's funny is the last regular season Cowboys game I went to was the 2005 opener, uh, Dallas at the Chargers. It was Drew Bledsoe's first game as the Cowboys quarterback, regular season. It was Drew Brees's. Uh, Drew Brees opened up that year, his last year in San Diego. And wouldn't you know, Aaron Glenn won the game for them. Okay, yeah, he did. Uh, it was either interception or deflection in the end zone. In the end zone, yep, on fourth down. Ah, oh, man, oh, man, what a game. You know, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make here is – not only can coaches disagree, uh, players all have unique challenges. We're speculating here a little bit, but I I get your point. If this guy's so good, then why why did a two time All American get drafted where he did? Why did the Saints let a player that played really well for them leave? And why is Philadelphia bringing back Bradbury and a thirty three year old? How old is Darius Slay now? Thirty three. Yeah, thirty three year old Darius Slay but not Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And so I just think that this is a deal where the coach probably stepped in. I wouldn't be surprised if Dan Campbell would tell a player, like, listen, this is kind of the speculation on you that's out there. You know, let's put that to bed. You've got a clean slate here. You know, you've got a clean slate with me as long as you Mm -hmm. play hard, you know? Um so I, I just I, I wonder really if some of this is overblown. Either way, the main point that I would make to you, I've got two major points. I'll let you refute them both. If you're Detroit, tell me the teams that you are absolutely terrified of in the NFC. And secondly, I'm going to want you to tell me how Dallas signing Brandon Cooks, who's been with what this is going to be his fifth team, I think, in eight years, is any different than this situation. So let's start with Detroit and the NFC. Who are you terrified of? Well, I would say this. I think there's only three teams that are clearly better than Detroit as we stand now, right? And that's the 49ers, the Eagles, and the Cowboys in some order, just depending on how you view those teams. After that, you can make a great argument that Detroit is the fourth best team. And if you're the fourth best team in a conference, why not? take some chances, right? Because you just don't know what's going to happen, right? Last year's a perfect example. The Eagles end up being the one seed and who strolls in to play them in the divisional round? It's the New York Giants at home who kind of fluky. And then you play the 49ers in the championship game who lose two quarterbacks before halftime. So it gives you a chance. So that's why I do like this move for Detroit. Not to mention, um, you know, we talk about small sample sizes all the time. If you're in a weak conference, 
I think you got to go for it. Even if you're a, just a nine or 10 win-ish kind of team, because ultimately you're not going to be playing the AFC. I'm talking about postseason until the Super Bowl. In a one game sample size, anything can happen, you know? Yep. So look, if Detroit was in the AFC right now, I wouldn't be saying they should go for it's it. It's different. It's different. Yeah. But the scenario I gave Marcus on the phone, and I'll say to all you guys is, I told Marcus, if I'm the AGM, I'm the assistant GM, Marcus is our GM, I'm walking into that office and saying, hey, man, can I talk to you? You know, whatever. And saying, I'm looking around, and I know we're trying to strategize exactly what we're doing this year, draft, free agency, everything. Who, I mean, who do we have to be scared of? We're the best team in our division right now. Okay, we're better than Minnesota. San Francisco doesn't have a quarterback for all intents and purposes. Purdy's not going to be back till December. Um, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Trey Lance. They've got a good team. All right, Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts might have caught some lightning in a bottle last year. We played those guys, and we lost 38 to 35. If we'd been a little bit better prepared for Hurts' running ability, we win that game. Dallas, we imploded in the fourth quarter. We can beat the Cowboys, and honestly, the Cowboys quarterback is having a hard time staying healthy. He hasn't done it two of the last three years. There's a chance we could be playing them in Detroit or playing their backup quarterback. Who else are we worried about? Let's go for it now. And that's why it makes sense. And the other thing is this deal is so team friendly that if we get to week five and it's just clear, like it's not working out, his personality Mm -hmm. doesn't fit. You could either trade him and somebody's going to be interested in running for him for a half a year or, you cut them and you move on. Like six and a half million dollars is not that much in the grand scheme of things when it comes to, you know, contracts, especially the Lions. So for that reason, I think it makes sense. My thing is, I I just don't know how much this moves the needle for me. I know he's a good player. It's still a safety. It's somebody who has been a little bit volatile over the course of his career. High variance to use one of your favorite words. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, well, with the signing of David Montgomery, a, a younger, powerful back, and Cam Sutton, um, I think you put them all together, it it looks pretty good. But tell me what the difference is between this and Brandon Cooks, because Brandon Cooks has been all over the league, and he's a really good player, too. The only difference I see is Brandon Cooks plays wide receiver, and that's more highly valued in today's game than the safety position. It is, but it doesn't seem like teams are willing to just give him away, right? Because that's essentially what the Saints did. He was on a deal where he was being paid, I think it was less than 800000 and they got a late day three pick for him. While we've seen Brandon Cooks be traded for multiple first-round picks and high second-round picks, like he's still a very valuable asset. And I know we're getting to the end of his career, and one of the reasons why the Texans weren't able to get a lot out of him was because of the contract. But listen, I've... I'm I'm known to speak out of both sides of my mouth here a little bit. So I might admit defeat a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. I know that there were some rumblings about Cook's attitude last year in Houston about being a captain uh, when it was clear he didn't really want to be there. And uh, I, I get the reasons why. And we know how bad Houston was last year. Uh, but at the same time, you know, some players don't make those rumblings, right? They, sure. they, they, they play their butts off. And, you're talking about Bill Belichick let this guy walk, Sean McVay let this guy walk, Sean Payton let this guy walk, uh, and Lovey Smith. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't Lovey Smith. Which one doesn't belong? <laughs> Actually, it's D'Amico Ryans. Um, but 
Those are some pretty good head coaches, man. Those are the kind of head coaches that could walk into their GM's office in a New York minute and say, uh-uh, we're, what's he want? Sign him. I, I think the other thing here with Brandon Cooks is he's just, he's always been in this weird stage of his career. Like, I think we, you and I both have been, he's a good player, but he's not really a number one receiver. And I think even at his zenith, he wasn't a traditional number one receiver but he's almost way too qualified to be a number two receiver, especially when he was 24 or 25 years old. So it gets to be this point like, hey, we're paying you like a number one. You're not quite a number one, but we don't also don't value you as a number two. So, hey, let's let's trade you for a first-round pick, and we'll use that to upgrade another position. You remind me so much of when somebody makes a mistake, really immature, and they go, look, I was a younger guy then. Then the next year, they make a mistake. Like, look, at 42, I was a younger guy then. I'm 43 now. So it's a convenient excuse. uh, I think I'd rather have Amari Cooper than Brandon Cooks if I'm the Cowboys. Oh, I I would as well. well. Now, the the question is, would you rather have Amari Cooper at 20 million or Brandon Cooks at 12 million? I think that's a little bit. Yeah, and Brandon Cooks may work on that. Isn't that the word that that he – we actually, I, I just got the numbers before we jumped on. He took a, a pay cut, so he, Dallas is actually paying him two years, twenty million. That is a bargain. That is a yeah. huge bargain. This is a really good player. Uh, I listened to Colin Coward today. Uh, I never mentioned Colin Coward on our uh, podcast because, frankly, I just don't, I don't listen to and watch a lot of football podcasts. I, I, I've never done that in my career. I've just always preferred to have my own take, even if they're wrong. I feel like I'll be influenced, as dumb as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never used to look at the lines when I picked games. Same reason. Um, incidentally, the only line I ever looked at was a Lions like Dolphins game because I literally had no idea. And I thought, you know what? This one time I'm going to look at the line and it told me nothing. And the um, under hit, I believe. <laughs> so, you know, I, I found what Colin Coward said to be very accurate. He said, look, the Cowboys had this bad Zeke contract. They overpaid their quarterback. Sorry, regardless of what you think of them, they did uh, at the time and because they waited and they couldn't afford Amari Cooper. And now they're paying for that uh, by not being able to have Amari Cooper, who would have certifiably helped them in the 49er playoff game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to say, not Colin Coward didn't say this, I'm saying this. If you're getting Brandon Cooks for 10 million bucks, it's a little bit of the same argument you made for Chauncey, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I know that's more money. You don't want to bail on a $10 million player, but we're talking no. about what Zay Jones got last year yep. from Jacksonville. And if you want to compare Zay Jones and Brandon Cooks, what's Zay yep. Jones' best year in the league? You know, Last year. Yeah. So um, I think it's a great move for the Cowboys. I do, uh, along with Gilmore – and signing LVE at half what Pittsburgh was going to pay him, it's been a pretty good offseason. Yeah. Now, we should also mention the the other move that happened today uh, that kind of ties in with the Cowboys is that Dalton Schultz left in free agency. And there were some rumblings that maybe the Cowboys would bring him back. Last, no. no. Last offseason, the, uh, the Cowboys offered Dalton Schultz three years, $36 million. And he turned it down. He believes he could get more money on the open market. Today, he signed a one-year max value deal worth $9 million with the Houston Texans. What a colossal. I, I just – here's the thing with Dalton Schultz. 
Dalton Schultz doesn't do a whole heck of a lot for you all around. Dalton Schultz is reliable pass catcher. He's not particularly great after the catch. He's not particularly great at uh, blocking at the point of attack. Nope. He is a reliable receiver who I could see catching 75 balls from a team that has an adequate quarterback like the Cowboys do. Uh, Houston does not. Not yet. If, if Dalton Schultz caught 48 balls this year, 50 max, would you be shocked? No, partly because there's this myth that rookie quarterbacks love tight ends. If you listen to any broadcast where a rookie quarterback is playing, you'll hear it. It's actually not the case. It's kind of hard to throw to tight ends across the middle of the field because there's so many defenders around that guy. But I I actually do like the signing for the Texans. It's like, for why the Texans. Not? Yeah, it's why not, right? Like, this is somebody who's had several successful seasons. We had a hole at tight end. Let's just give our rookie quarterback somebody else that's fairly reliable. Let's just spitball for a second. And say Dalton Schultz agent called the Cowboys and they're like, look, we could probably do a two year or maybe we'll, we could stretch it over three years and pay him 21 million with some incentives, but we can't go that high. No way. Uh, we're not going to get anywhere near nine. I'm just making this up. Sure. If I'm Dalton Schultz, I take that all day. If the sure, Cowboys I'll offer look. two years, 14 million, I'm taking it all day. Now you don't want to do that after you already turned down the team. It's kind of embarrassing. He's a young guy. But the way I look at it is if Brandon Cooks is in there taking the top off the defense, so to speak, that means a guy that can fly. Who have the Cowboys had like that? When's the last time the Cowboys had a guy like that? T.Y. Hilton for like two games last year. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. You've got C.D. Lamb on the other side, and Tony Pollard's going to see more plays, which means he's going to be involved in the passing game more than he was last year. All which says, how much do you expect Dalton Schultz to be covered by a weak side linebacker? If he stayed with the Cowboys. Yeah. A lot, I mean, he, right? Very favorable matchups for sure. Yeah. So you go out and you catch 84 balls with eight touchdowns on a one-year deal with the Cowboys worth $7 million. Could you parlay that in a lot bigger, better deal than one-year $9 million from the Texans this year? You bet. Not to mention you have a chance to have some team success. I would have advised Dalton Schultz to take less money, put a great year on the board, um, but my guess is this this decision was kind of already made before they even traded for Brandon Cooks. That's yeah, my I, guess. I also wonder if it's just if it's just going to be a shift in what the Cowboys want at tight end because they kind of have <laughs> the running joke that I've always had is you could change the the numbers for all the players, the jersey numbers for the Cowboys tight ends, and you wouldn't know the difference. They all look exactly the same. They're all exactly the same height and same athlete, right? So mm-hmm. maybe they want somebody that's. 6'6", 265 that can give them, you know, more size. Or maybe they want the six two and a half guy with four five speed that can really yeah. make plays after the catch. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. I mean, personally, what I think they need, and I know this is really hard to find, I think they need that hybrid guy that can do both. I think a guy, honestly, I think a guy that would be really great for Dallas is someone like Hurst, um, truly, that left the Bengals. Um, obviously, he's not available. But uh, he signed with Carolina, in case anyone's wondering. Get excited about those Panthers. Go get your media guides right now. But uh, who else did Carolina get? Adam um, Thielen. I was going to bring that Adam up Thielen. in our quick yeah. yeah, okay. Um, it is possible that the Cowboys didn't make much of a pitch to Dalton Schultz at all. It, that is possible. Uh, but I'm just saying, if I were him, if you were him, 
if you got offered seven million on a one-year deal or two-year deal from Dallas, two for fourteen or something, wouldn't you have taken that? See if you could parlay Dak maybe playing a full schedule and all these other things I mentioned to putting up better numbers and getting a better deal down the line. Maybe. I also think there's maybe part of Dalton Schultz that wants to show that he's not just a product of Dak Prescott. And if I if I go to the Houston and I have a 65 catch year for 800 yards and eight touchdowns, maybe next year in a weaker tight end class, I get paid more money. I mean, he's already gotten paid a decent amount because he was on the franchise tag last year. So I don't think he's necessarily needs a huge payday, but I won't be surprised if that's what he was thinking as well. That's interesting because I don't really think of him as a product of Dak Prescott. I mean, I, I, I don't, maybe, I don't know. Maybe Dak is at that level where you could say a player is well, the product of example. the quarterback, but he had, he had two catches for 12 yards in the five Cooper rush starts last year. Yeah. But I mean, that something tells me that Kellen Moore was calling the offense a little bit differently with Cooper rush right. as well. Uh, and what I think Cooper, that's a reasonable take, but I also wouldn't be surprised if the GM said, Hey, let's look at his numbers when Dak is on the field compared to when they, when he's not. And there's sure, a huge difference, sure. you know. Okay, so you had some kind of quick hitter signings that you wanted to talk about. Let's start with the, the guy you just mentioned, Adam Thielen to the Panthers. What do you think? Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. I don't love it. I think it makes sense, like, name value and, hey, you got a receiver for whoever your number one quarterback is. But I think Adam Thielen has been trending in the wrong direction for about five years now. And I, I kind of think he's borderline washed. Could be. I don't like this move for either player or team. Well, the team, I get it. The team, I get it. You've got to, ha- I mean, you don't have DJ morning where you've got to have somebody on your roster. That's an established player. You got to have people like that, especially if you go with a, a really young quarterback or even a veteran quarterback, you, you, you got to have somebody that knows what they're doing out there for the player. I mean, I, you know, maybe this was the most money Adam Thielen could make anywhere. And that's what the agent's going to influence the player to do. Mm-hmm. Unless the agent really is good buddies with the player. But look, most agents want to maximize what their clients can make for the small window of time. But if you're Adam Thielen, you know, you made pretty good money here with Minnesota. I, I think I would try really hard as an agent to get Adam Thielen to uh, beg the team, uh, forgive me for saying a team like Dallas or, uh, a team well, that could use a third receiver. Apparently that was the case. He mentioned that the Cowboys and the Broncos were, were both interested. I got to believe the Panthers forked up the most money and they gave him a three-year deal. Probably the case. Uh, let's run through some other ones. Okay. Going back to our Texans. They signed Devin Singletary. <laughs> our Texans. That's what, we, that's what we've come to. Our Texans. Devin Singletary, uh, one year, $3.75 million to uh to back up Damian Pierce. Number one, this does nothing for me. Uh, the Texans have had a lot of running backs come through there from, you know, expatriates to David Johnson to, I mean, it's it's just been, did they had Lindsey for a while from the Broncos. Rex Burkhead. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, honestly, man, Pierce looked great last year. I know they need to take a little bit of load off of him, keep him fresh. That's what everyone's doing in the league right now. But do you need to pay Devin Singletary $3.7 million a year? How, how does he get that much and Miles Sanders gets five and a half? Because there's a bigger difference in that yeah. between these backs now, to me. Let's just – we'll see other numbers. I think that's the max that he could make. But okay. I actually like the fit of him as a backup to Pierce because Pierce is that – between the tackles grinder yeah. Singletary has a little bit more shiftiness. And I think, I think he was miscast as a starter in Buffalo, but as a number two running back, I do think it makes some sense. Yay. Two, four, six, eight. Yay. Okay. Next. Next one. <laughs> Not in love with it, but go ahead. Okay. We're going to stick with, uh, we're going to stick with backup running backs. Uh, Damien Harris, you know, a guy that I've liked for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Signs with the Buffalo bills. See, now I like this. Uh, I like this a lot. Uh, he can hit it hard. He's, I think he's a deceptively physical runner. Is that fair to say? Yes. Um, I don't think people think of him as a thumper, but he can be. And, um, I, they know him well, uh, they won't be playing against him anymore. And I, I actually like this better for them having a guy that can grind out some really tough yards for them. You know, Buffalo has been in a lot of games, I can, I'll just mention a couple of famous ones, right? The Kansas city playoff game in 2021, the Minnesota home loss last year, where they mm. really needed to have some tough, uh, you know, tough ground game to run the clock out and just put away teams. And they weren't quite able to do it. I like it from that sense. I love this fit because he's just yeah. a no nonsense runner. Yes. And one of his best traits, like he is an awesome goal line running back. Go look at the 2021 season where he had like 13 or 14 touchdowns and all of them were within the five yard line. Like if you can just take a few hits away from Josh Allen every year and give those to Damian Harris, I, I think it makes a ton of sense for Buffalo. Forgive me for using this expression again. I know I've used it with you a lot, but he knows the value of a two yard run. Mm-hmm. when you got to have a two-yard run and you can't be just bouncing stuff outside hoping to hit a home run and losing a yard and running out of bounds. That's Buffalo doesn't need that. I agree. They they just needed somebody who can get you four yards on third and three, right? And I think you yes. can do that. Yes, and I'm not saying Devin Singletary is a bad player. I just I don't think Singletary is the kind of physical runner that no. Damian Harris is. No. Uh, last one I have uh, here, Marcus Mariota. A one-year, five-million-dollar deal with the Philadelphia Eagles, with Gardner Minshew going to the Colts. The Eagles needed a backup. This is one that we've actually kind of speculated might happen, and it has. Two things here. Uh, number one, I like this move a lot. The kind of offense Philadelphia runs, having a backup that can come in and give you the same—not the same physical attributes, but at least some of them to a lesser extent. Um, I, you know, Mariota can still run with the ball. Okay, you know, this okay. is going to be year year nine, but I like that idea for the Eagles offensive line that stylistically, it's not going to be such a harsh departure um, as it was when Minshew came in the lineup. And Minshew had some moments last year when he played really well. I thought he played great against Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, not so well the Saints game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Saints got all over him, man, that yeah. front, front four. That was the worst line uh, game I think the Eagles offensive line played because uh, they didn't play many bad ones last year. Um I want to say circle back to Singletary. I actually thought Singletary was a better player than given credit for, but he was never a guy in Buffalo that was going to get consistent carries. 
it's right. you're going to get a carry here, a carry there. And I don't know that a guy like that can thrive off that. In Houston, I imagine they're going to run the ball more. And even though he'll be a backup, there's different ways to be backups, Marcus. You can be a backup where you just get a sporadic carry here or there. Or you can be a backup, kind of like Pollard and Zico Elliott, where they give you an entire drive. Yep. And they're going to give you, out of six plays, you get four runs. I think that'll be better for Singletary than just kind of being an afterthought uh, to the Josh Allen experience, which is both throwing the ball and Josh Allen keeping it himself. I agree. Uh, I just have one last thing for you before yeah. we head out. Yeah. Which team do you think has improved the most so far in free agency? Oh, cookies. Can I give you some options? Well, I was, I was instantly thinking Dallas and Detroit right off the top of my head, but go ahead. Well, the Chicago Bears have spent more money than any yes. other team, right? Holy and cow. I don't think there's any doubt they've improved. It's just how much have they improved? Denver Broncos have invested a lot in their offensive yeah. line. Uh, you mentioned the Cowboys. Anybody else come to mind? Well, the Lions, because they hit their secondary with two starting level players. Like I, I told you earlier today, I thought the Cam Sutton signing kind of flew under the radar a little bit. Um, maybe I'm overrating Cam Sutton, but I don't think you are at all. Not at all. I, I like that move a lot. Um, can I can I restructure your question to sure. something I like better? What position group got improved the most? The Bears linebacking core just yeah. went from like well, they were atrocious know, last year, right? Now yeah, they're they got, good. Yes, yeah. After Roquan Harris went to Baltimore, it's a totally different group. Now they're really good there. And you're talking about one of the teams that has a defensive-minded head coach, Matt Eberflus. I, I really like it a lot. Um, ah, I, I really love the Gilmore signing in Dallas. I think it makes that defense potentially a top two or three unit as opposed to a top five unit. Uh, what 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 is your team that you think's improved the most? I, I can't go Broncos. I don't know that the players they added to the offensive line are that big of difference makers. Yeah, I, I I think they're both quality players, but I don't just don't know if it moves the needle a ton, right? Uh, We're talking about Powers and McGlinchey, right? Am I missing? Yeah, yeah, pa- yeah, yeah. Ben Powers and Mike McGlinchey, both good starters, right? Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. Um, Are they as good as start as the starters as the Bears got at linebacker? No, 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 no. way. Are they as good as starters as Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore? No. Um, Are they as good as starters as David Montgomery, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and Cam Sutton? No. 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 I'm going the Miami Dolphins. Okay. The, biggest, the most improved team. I, I just – I think that Ramsey fit is perfect. Like, and I know he's an aging corner, but when you're in a Vic Fangio defense, you need corners that can play at man-to-man, and you need to have guys that are not afraid to play on an island. And Jalen Ramsey certainly isn't that. I mean, he's going to – he's not going to be afraid – he'll he'll get beat but he's got the right mentality for it like he'll get beaten he doesn't care he's gonna make the play the next time on top of that you add in you know another linebacker that can run all over the field and david long and then i think one of the sneaky signings that we're not talking about a lot you add mike white who i think is a significant upgrade over skylar thompson i thought you didn't like this one i think he is a better fit in that offense than skylar thompson and uh, Teddy Bridgewater, because if you can protect him at all, he's got a really good arm and he's pretty accurate. And I think he can come in and give you enough to keep that offense afloat. 
I'll give you another uh, kind of adjective for him that starts with an A. Uh, that sounds weird, like I'm going to say something else. But uh, <laughs> honestly, man, he's aggressive. Yeah. He showed Jets. He's not afraid to go down the field. He showed against Minnesota in the ro- on the road. He's he's not afraid to deal out there without the really dumb dumb interceptions. He had some. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like Zach Wilson at all. And no, the Dolphins don't need a conservative backup. No. They don't. The re- I, normally you want your your backup to come in and do what the Cowboys backup Cooper Rush did last year. But when you have a track team out there at wide receiver, you don't want the team saying, okay, that's now Nolan Void. We don't have to worry about those guys anymore. It's going to be all underneath stuff. You want that team to, to fear uh, the, you, you want the defense to fear the Dolphins' weapons the same mm-hmm. when the backup's in there, right? And Mike White will take that chance. And honestly, if the Dolphins are playing a big game and Mike White's first snap, he throws it 40 yards downfield to Tyreek Hill and it gets picked off, is that a bad play? No, because it shows you, hey, you're going to have to defend this field even when he's in here. Yeah, and the thing with White too is he's he's actually played quite a bit over the last two years, and he's not an old player. Like he was drafted, I believe, in the 2017 draft. So I mean, like, there's still a little bit of upside. And if Mike McDaniel can work his magic, maybe you get a low quality starter. You know, we'll see. I I, I just have loved everything that they've done between the hiring of. Big fee and Geo, the trade just, of uh, yeah. Jalen Rams. Love it all. You just took the sentence out of my mouth. I was just about to say, you could talk about their ads all you want. My favorite ad for the Miami Dolphins this year was none of those players is Vic Fangio to run it, the defense. It, it all matters. And their their defense already had talent last year. Now you get Fangio running that group. They're a legitimate contender now in the AFC. It all matters except for Raheem Mostert signing a two-year deal because running backs don't matter. Well, him and Jeff right. Wilson keeping that speed together, yeah. baby. Keeping the 49ers culture alive. Um, yeah, I, I like the Dolphins. You, you may have me there. Dolphins over the Cowboys. I would probably take the Cowboys or Lions. But sure. if we're including Vic Fangio in this mix, because I think the Cowboys losing Kellen Moore was a loss. Right. Um, it was a huge loss to me. Yeah. yeah, I think Fangio, you include the coaches. I'm going to go with you on, on this one on Miami. But I give you uh, the final thought. Uh, just from what we started at the top, this is not the sexy part of free agency. We're past super free agency weekend or whatever you call it at the top. <laughs> but this is the time now that you'll see some of the contenders like the Chiefs and the Eagles and the 49ers grab some players that maybe you've heard of before, maybe you haven't heard of, but help build the roster. I think of uh, Jacksonville, even last year. They signed Arden Key. You know, this guy that was – kind of highly thought of coming out of uh, college, kind of disappointing, ended up being one of the most important players on defense last season. And this season was fantastic in the playoff games. Keep an eye on what some of the smarter teams around the league do over the next two weeks as we get ready for the draft. How old is Brandon Lloyd now? Is he 42? Uh, (laughs) I bet you could still come out of retirement and be 800 yards. Because if Brandon Lloyd signs with somebody, Marcus and I will do a special – podcast uh he's 41 yeah he'll be 42 this year yeah uh very good 42 great domino game uh for all of you that don't know uh want to say uh a couple quick things um so my brother's father-in-law passed away and my dad's first cousin passed away my dad's first cousin super great guy um 
always brightened up a room, the best sense of humor of anyone, probably on both sides of my family. And uh, my, my uh, brother's uh, father-in-law I knew for 28 years and a big NBA fan and always a really nice guy to me. And so uh, thinking about them today, I wasn't able to go home uh, for their memorials. So sometimes when you're away from Dallas, it's uh, it's tough for multiple reasons as I'm on the West Coast. So I wanted to say that. And then also I wanted to tease that Marcus and I are going to go over the Super Bowl favorites uh, on Wednesday for every single team, uh, which should be a lot of fun because some of them, you know, are going to be absolutely ridiculous. Uh, so we're going to hit every single team in the league. Uh, on Wednesday for Brink. So uh, make sure you catch that podcast. We really appreciate you guys. Uh, for Marcus, he hosts uh, Locked on Cowboys, which I watched a little bit of today with Landon McCool. Give Landon a follow. Marcus also still covers the Raiders for USA Today. I say still because he's been doing it for like eight years. And he writes for PFF.com. He's at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. That's at Harrison and NFL on Twitter. I'm on there all the time. Except not at all. <laughs> Uh, so we will talk to you guys on Wednesday. Take care, everybody. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.